Okay, so yesterday we began learning this discourse on the first words of this Torah portion, the life of Sarah. And the Zohar says that there are um, two things the Torah is referring to when it says the life of Sarah, and then when it includes again at the end of the verse, these are the years of the life of Sarah. And the Zohar says that the first half of the verse is talking about how Sarah merited to have supernal life, and the second half of the verse is saying that her life was hers. And we didn't know what that meant. We asked a question what the meaning of that. And we further uh, went on to discuss um, in the other passage of the Zohar how Sarah completed that which Noach and Chava attempted and we wanted to know what exactly that means so we started to explain that Chava began to work in the garden of, of Eden and Gan Eden and Hashem told her to work and guard the garden which the Talmud explains means to keep the 248 positive commandments and to guard yourself from transgressing the 365 negative commandments and she was unsuccessful, and Neuch was unsuccessful. And only Cha, only Sarah Yimenu was successful in correcting that which that which um, Chava began. So to explain exactly what this means, we gave a few introductions, few a few things we need to preface. Number one is that da- the service of Hashem is about davening, and the Alter writes that davening is the Chut Hashidra. It is the spine that holds together the whole entire body. So to davening holds together the whole service of Hashem. And within davening itself, there are two elements. There is the meditation that we ha- are meant to do during davening. And there is the pleasure we're supposed to have from that meditation. The meditation, God's greatness in davening, is meant to give us a, a great satisfaction and pleasure. And although it seems that the meditation itself is the source of pleasure, yet... As we're going to see, pleasure has a distinct source in the soul, not directly from the intellect. So, I get set up over here in a second. Hold on. So the pleasure that the soul has has a distinct source. And to explain exactly what that source is and how that works, we began discussing the Gemara, which says that every single, everything in the blade of grass has an angel, which tells this blade of grass to, um, to hit it and says it to grow. And we began discussing how the uh, various things we see in this world, everything has a divine origin. And it's because of his divine origin, because of his divine origin, that's why there's different properties and things in this world. So we said, for example, we find sweet, some apples are sweet and some apples are sour. And the reason why the apples are sweet or sour is because of where they come from spiritually. Sweetness comes from God's kindness. And although there's no comparison to the sweetness of God's kindness to the uh, sweetness of the apple, yet one emanates from the other. We gave an analogy, just like in our own lives, there's different things which are called sweet, and although they're, very, they're far beyond the 
far beyond the sweetness of an apple, for example, the sweetness of a of a nigan, the sweetness of an idea. So although those items are far higher than the sweetness of the apple, yet all the sweetness of the apple develops from the levels of sweetness above it and even develops and it originates from this chesed of Atsilus, that the kindness of Atsilus, that's the original source for the sweetness of the apple. Just like it says about Avramavinu that he said about himself that he was like ashes in comparison to a, a tree. Just like ashes are, are, are incomparable to a tree, although the tree is burnt and now the ashes remain and therefore the ashes are, the, are of the same essence of the tree and they come from the tree, yet the ashes are very different to, the, to their source. So to the sweetness of the apple, which is the ruchni, so the gashmias originates from the sweetness of Hashem's kindness, the gashmias shabiruchnias. Okay, that was another introduction. Then we gave a, 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 an additional introduction. We started talking about the various um, kinds of pleasure we have from our senses. We said that although there is a clear pleasure we have from our intellect and our feelings, but the pleasure we have from our senses is far greater than the pleasure we have from our, um, uh, from our, from our intellect and emotions. Our higher soul powers have a far more contracted sense of, of uh, satisfaction and pleasure. And someone was asking yesterday about, um, it seems to say in, in, in Kuntras of Mayan, the opposite, it says in Kuntras of Mayan that, um, that the highest level of pleasure is a pleasure of the intellect. So I would venture to say that... Um, Maybe we'll reach further in the mind and we'll get it more, more perspective. I'll venture to say that there's a difference between a higher and deeper pleasure and the word they're using over here, um, which is a, what's the word they're using? Revelation of pleasure. There's more revelation of pleasure. That means that you're able to enjoy some things, but they're not in a state of revelation. Like let's say, for example, the pleasure of an intellect, pleasure of is that is it's not it's a deeper and higher pleasure than the pleasure of uh, of a sandwich, but the pleasure of a sandwich is more pronounced, it's more conscious, it's kind of perhaps this originates from the difference between the godly soul and the animal soul. The, the godly soul is called a poor wretched child because it only enters the body at the age of 13, while the animal soul is called the old foolish king because it enters the body at birth. And the animal soul is called, not just old, it's called the king because it is it has a home court advantage. The animal soul is very at home in the body. It's not just there earlier on, it's also there in a more of a conscious, tangible way. The godly soul is a lot, his voice is a lot softer. So yes, it's true when we listen to the godly soul, the satisfaction is a lot deeper, but revealed pleasure means that it's something which is very conscious and very touchy. So it's possible for parents to forget their child, God forbid, in, in, in a car on a hot day because they want to go eat lunch, even though the pleasure and the connection they have with their child is, is, is incomparably greater. But, but the, what's louder, what they, what, what they hear, and what, what makes them forget about their child is, 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 the, is the loud voice of the animal soul, which says, I'm hungry. So 
okay, that's just an aside. And, and interestingly, another point I thought was very interesting was that the the limited pleasure in the um, in the um, various senses, um, which is also though it's greater than the pleasure of the of the intellect and feelings, but it's also a limited pleasure. It's it's the reason why it's called a limited pleasure. Um, uh, is 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 I don't, know, I don't know what the word word is, but it's represented by the crevices and the cracks in the body through which these pleasures emerge from. The crack in the eye and the ear and the nose; those the, those openings indicate that we're talking about a very contracted kind of pleasure. So, yes, it's a contracted pleasure. However, the essence of pleasure is indeed in the higher soul powers and intellect and feelings. Yes, it's it's it, the essence of pleasure is. In the intellect and the feelings, but the, a more revealed pleasure is in the um, is in the senses. Um, someone else was asking about the origin of pleasure. I didn't have a chance to look this up, but the Rema Rash has a whole discourse about how um, uh, how a person should meditate about um, about the pleasures of this world, and all the pleasures of this world merely come from the that which the angels are unable to uh, the angels the way it works is that every um, from a little less coherent than usual it's because it was good for bringing uh, yesterday anyways there is a process of of uh, of this of the spiritual cosmos and how things are brought to this world from the higher worlds so it works in a similar way to our stomach that the angels, which some of the angels are actually called intestines, they're able to receive some of God's light. Whatever is, they're, they're not able to receive because it's lower than them. They send that to the world beneath them. So, so the angels are basking in the pleasure of Hashem. And whatever is the nethermost part of that pleasure, which they can't enjoy, that's called shomrei That's, so to speak, the excrement of the pleasure. And the excrement of, the, of their pleasure the, the insignificant part, which they're not able to enjoy, that is a source of all the pleasures of this world. So, that, so, so the Rebbe Rash actually connects this to the idol, the people worshipped uh, by defecating in front of the idol. Anyway, so, so but the point is that all the pleasures of this world are are from the deep, from from, from that which is, is which is nothing uh, compared to the real godly pleasure. Okay. Uh, but yes, all pleasure does come from the pleasure of godliness, and just it's been um, mutated and contracted and, and transformed and descended even to the realm of the unholy, but it, it, it all originates from there, and that's why the real pleasure is, is, from, is, is godly. Okay, now continuing on this subject about the various pleasures we have from our senses and our intellect and feelings. Um, So, so the advantage of our senses in regards to the pleasure our senses have uh, is that there's a greater revelation again of pleasure in our senses. The pleasure in our intellect and feelings is very limited. Uh, like the pleasure we have from expressing, from doing an act of kindness is limited. The pleasure we have from intellect is limited. But the pleasure in our senses is very is great, and it's, for example, in the power of sight, a person has could have a tremendous power, a tremendous pleasure in what he sees, 
the extent that he left close and nefesh, he could he could he could totally uh, lose himself and lose his life through his through the pleasure he has from what he sees. That's a reason why there's a tremendous pleasure in the power of sight. Uh, that's that's why that's why it's possible to totally uh, lose lose yourself. This is what the medish means when it says that. Um, that the, the eyes of a tzaddik elevate to a very high level, and the eyes of the wicked, the opposite of a tzaddik, bring down, bring bring down very low. The tzaddik is able to be elevated through what he sees, and the rasha is able to descend very low through what he sees. As it says in the Talmud, the eye and the ear, the eye and the heart are two um, two um, scouts of sin. The eye sees and the heart lusts. So the lust of the heart is because of what the eye sees, which is a tremendous lust. This is because of the tremendous pleasure we have with our power of vision. The same applies also to the power of, to the sense of hearing. When you hear a sweet voice, you're able to get very excited in your very core of your soul with a tremendous pleasure. And it's possible that because of the sweetness that you hear in a voice, you could also pass away. even And even more than than the power of sight. The power of hearing a sweet voice can cause a person to lose their life and that pleasure even greater, has even greater effect than the, than the effect of the um, power of sight. This is because a voice enters into the crevice in the ear. Um, what's, what's the medical term for the crevice of the ear? Ear canal. The ear canal. And it reaches the udna deliba. It reaches the essence of the heart. So it goes through the ear and it enters from the ear into the essence of the of essence of the heart. So this, th- there in the essence of the heart, that's where the yechidish v'nefesh, the essence of the soul, resides. Although the desire of this, hello, although the desire and the pleasure of the soul are called transcendent, and certainly the essence of the soul is a transcendent power. However, and they don't have a special place in the body. The power of desire and pleasure aren't in a specific p- part of the body. They're transcendent. They're, they're you know, all over the body, but does that only means means that they don't have a, a unique special place that they're there in that place and not in any other place. But they're still attached to the body. The essence of the soul soul is also attached to the, the body. One soul is not unable to animate two bodies at the same time because although the although it's transcendent, but it's still limited to that body in some way. So, where in the body? are the soul powers of desire and pleasure attached to? Where is the essence of the soul attached to in the body? Yes, it's not limited to a specific part of the body, but it is attached to the body. Where is it attached to? So desire is connected and its place is in the heart. And pleasure is the innermost part of the brain. And the essence of the soul, the Yechidosh Nefesh, its place is in the core, the inner core of the heart. You got that? The inner part of the brain houses pleasure. The desire houses is housed by the it finds residence in the heart, and the essence of the soul, the yichida, it finds its residence in not the heart but in the pnimius halev, in the innermost part of the heart. So, the when you hear a, a a voice in your ear and it touches your heart, that could draw you and your entire being together with this. The same is also regarding a power of smell. Power of smell has a tremendous pleasure. It reaches also the essence of the soul. We see clearly 
when a person faints and is really out, out of it, how do you revive him? You revive him with a fragrance. This is because a fragrance reaches the essence. The essence. So too is this true regarding our power of speech. Power of speech also reaches the essence. Like it says in the Torah, my soul was expressed by his... My soul left me when he spoke. It's possible you hear someone speak and they just... I remember someone was once speaking in a show and he really touched me. And uh, someone complimented the speaker and says, you, you really knocked that guy out. He's pointing to me. <laughs> Anyways, it's possible that you could really, you could really, you could really lose yourself. Um, actually, it was Rabbi Reitschik, Rabbi Reitschik, Rabbi Reitschik, Rabbi Shimon Alevi Ben Leia, Rabbi Reitschik, Rabbi Shimon Alevi wonder how that fits with uh, people losing their smell from COVID. Interesting. Actually, it says in Pele that um, the reason... What is that? It says in Pele Shechsidus that our, um, uh, our power of scent is not contaminated like other, soul, like other soul powers by the sin of the tree of knowledge. The power of scent is not contaminated. Um, and that's why... Ow! Hi, and that's why we're revived after Shabbos with the with smelling the psalmim, because unlike other other, other uh, soul powers which are contaminated to the symmetry of knowledge, power of scent was, and therefore it goes straight to the soul, and the soul is able to bask in the in, in, in the in a pleasure that is is uh, reminiscent of the kind of pleasure that existed before the symmetry of knowledge. That says in other other uh, other pilshuk uh, Anyways, so so although. Um, the the cause of the um, the although I'm listening and that's touching my soul, it must be that the speaker has expressed himself in his words as well. In order to reach the essence of my soul, you must have also spoken the essence of his soul. Like we see clearly that through speech alone. Right, through speech, when you talk about something, you have a much greater pleasure than when you think about it. I remember once my, uh, my grandmother's Angazunt took my brother and I to on a trip to replace the yeshiva in the proof of so much. And I came back from this trip and, um, and I wanted to tell one of the senior students how geschmack it was, how enjoyable it was. As actually, it was Universal Studios. So he says, he says, listen, it's one thing to enjoy, but you don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. Because you talk about it, 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 it stirs the pot. Anyways, so, um, so there is a pleasure that you get, you have a greater pleasure when you talk about it, more than when you think about it. The reason why there's more pleasure when you talk about something than when you think about it is, is, not, is because the, the, there is pleasure in the speech itself. It's not because when you, when you do talk about something, there is now more pleasure because there's pleasure derived from your words. So all this tells us the great virtue of our senses, that although they are considered external and compared to our inner soul powers, and the whole purpose of our senses are, the, are to, for us to relate to the outside world, however, there is a time of atzmi, there is a pleasure of the essence in them, which does not exist in the inner soul powers, the intellect and emotions. So... Um, Okay, so this was not what I was thinking when I started today. This is, not, this is a lot deeper than what I was saying. I was thinking that this is just more pronounced, more revealed. 
But the Rebbe is using a whole different word over here. The word that I was using is the, the essence. Eyes can touch the essence, the ears can touch the essence, the power of speech can touch the essence, the power of fragrance can touch the essence. It's not just that it's more pronounced, more revealed because we're more animalistic, we're more earthy. They were saying a whole different thing. They were saying that our, uh, our senses touch the very essence of the soul, unlike the powers of intellect and feelings that cannot touch the essence of the soul. Further, we could add another point to this. Um, this uh, discourse that Rebbe said in Tavshin Chaf um, is has a relationship to a reminder that Rebbe said earlier that year in Shmini Yatzeres. Shmini Yatzeres, Rebbe spoke about how Primius Abba Primius Atik, how the inner dimension of wisdom is connected and is one with the inner dimension of pleasure. So there's pleasure in an idea because why is there pleasure through thinking about an idea? Because the inner dimension of, of, of Abba, Abba means the Father, means which, which means the power of intellect, the source of all other soul powers, the Pneumius Abba, the inner dimension of understanding of, or of, of Chachma, of wisdom, is the inner dimension of pleasure. And further, the essence of the intellect is the pleasure. The way, the way pleasure evolves in the spiritual cosmos is that pleasure becomes intellect. So, so pl- the, the Chachma, uh, I, um, I didn't uh, learn that in my mind, I'm just going to guess what it means. Um, Chachma, just like by a human being, our power of intellect is, um, is a window to the truth, uh, but it's, it's limited, because intellect... Um, the way intellect works is that intellect tries to define things. Intellect looks at the uh, six borders of a physical thing, or the six borders, the intellectual borders of something, and it and because it looks at how how, how it's shaped intellectually, places borders on it. That's how it that's how it defines and understands it. Intellect works by limiting things and and, and crystallizing things and putting borders on things. What are those six borders? I don't know. I don't. Know. It's just like the six directions. So too there are six spiritual directions with what intellect works with. Um, and so, so the, the, there's um, a need that the mind has to define things when it wants to understand something. We can't, we can't understand something which has no definition, which has no limitation. So our whole way of, our window to the truth is a very small window versus Atik. Atik is an expression of the truth which is beyond all those limitations. So Abba, which is the very first step of the intellect, and especially Ptimiyas Abba, the inner dimension of Chachma, so that, that takes a picture of the higher revelation of Atik. So it later translates into an idea. It's kind of like when you see something, you're able to explain it in a different way. You, you saw something and, and you enjoyed what you saw, and now you're able to convey to someone else in intellect what, they, what you saw, but your intellect is not pure intellect. Your intellect is, is being uh, tinted by your experience, by what you saw. So, so your, um, your power of pleasure uh, in godliness, uh, or let's talk about the, the divine power of pleasure, the, the, the theme of Attic, is because... The reason why there's pleasure in Atik is because of the revelation of, of godliness, which is uh, far beyond the revelation in Chachma. 
And yet, there's something of, of, of that that is translated into the realm of Chachmah, so, similar to something that we are able to translate from things that we see into our, into our minds. Um, that's all conjecture. I should really look, look this up, and someone remind me to look this up. Okay, so the Rebbe's question is, here in the Mimer there, said earlier that year, <clears throat> they're saying that pleasure creates intellect. And here on this discourse, they're saying that pleasure and intellect is limited. So how, why is that? Is it limited or is the pleasure and intellect, the, a, the pleasure of intellect sourced in the pleasure of Atik? So their answers, although the inner dimension of Chachmah is the inner, in the inner dimension of God's pleasure, but nevertheless, superficially, all, all, that, all that exists in Chachma, in the first sphere of Atzilus, is a mere ray of godliness in comparison to its source. So, yes, it is one with its source. If you were able to have, a magnif- if you were to have some microscope and to see the inner dimension of Chachma, you would see how Chachma comes from Timius Atik. But externally, Chachma is... Um, only a, a ray of godliness. So to explain this, Rebbe gives an analogy of the difference between the power of pleasure and the power of desire. Pleasure is about um, is about you internalizing something deeply, deep, deep within yourself. That's, a, that's what pleasure does. Pleasure is about you have gratification within yourself. Desire is more about how you're expressing yourself and you're running after something. So when pleasure is revealed, which is not what pleasure is about, pleasure is not about revelation, pleasure is about you going into yourself and enjoying. So when that gratification, oops, time to go. Okay, when that gratification is revealed, it's merely a tiny ray of what that pleasure is. And that's why we see that pleasure cannot rule over desire, and rather desire rules over pleasure, meaning that Pleasure, when pleasure is revealed, which is not the place of pleasure. Again, pleasure is more about you going into yourself and enjoying. So when pleasure is in a state of revelation, it's merely a, a tiny ray of pleasure. But when desire is revealed, since desire is all about, about expression, desire is about going after something. So desire could be revealed with, with its full, whole, with a full force. And that's why desire rules over pleasure, meaning that you're able to create pleasure out of things. You, you could say, I want this. And then when you, when you say, I want this, it makes you have pleasure from what you, what you want. But you can't say, oh, I enjoy this, therefore I'm going to want this. It's the opposite. Your desire rules your pleasure. You could decide to enjoy something and that will change your pleasure and that will make you not listen to your pleasure. Because, because the, what, yes, desire is lower than pleasure, but the revelation of pleasure is only a tiny ray. Versus revelation of desire is the whole core of the desire. The whole essence of desire is able to be revealed because desire is about you running after something. Pleasure is about you going into yourself. So when you try to take your pleasure and and, exp- and, and the expression of that pleasure is only a little bit of what pleasure is. And, and a little bit of pleasure is doesn't dominate a lot, so to speak, of, of desire. So too, when we talk about the, the pleasure of the intellect, although the inner dimension of Chachma is the inner dimension of Atik, nevertheless... Since the whole idea of pleasure is to go within yourself, therefore the revelation of pleasure in the intellect is only a tiny ray. And therefore the pleasure in the intellect is very limited. 
But the revelation, the essence of pleasure, where do we see the revelation, the essence of pleasure, specifically in the senses, although they're external, although they're for the, for, for the outside world, although they come through crevices and cracks in the body, but specifically in the senses, we have the essence of pleasure.